0: A Berkeley professor goes viral for lecturing Senator Josh Howley on men having babies. We examine shocking tape of a toddler cursing out a police officer in Minnesota. And the January 6th committee keeps dropping supposed bombshells without connecting dots. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, we'll get to all the news in just one moment, and plenty of it there is. First, let's talk about saving some money. So uh, Joe Biden's inflation rate is now like 9% year on year. He's really, really bad at his job, which means you're paying more for everything. But there's one area of life where you need to bring those bills down today. That is your cell phone bill. Idiotic left-wing policies like shutting down Keystone XL pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gas. That is raising your grocery price. You're paying more for everything. But Pure Talk is going to give you the talk, text, and plenty of data you need for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I'm a Pure Talk customer. They're the most reliable network in America. The 5G coverage is just, it's great. I mean, they use the same towers as one of the big guys. So if you're thinking, well, I'm paying less money, does that mean worse coverage? Like, Spotify? no, it does not. It means you get the same coverage. It just means you're paying a lot less money. They're a veteran-owned company with a customer service team based right here in the United States. So stop giving your money away to places like Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Switch over. To Pure Talk today, they make it very easy, no risk, money back guarantee. So you have no risk. You get your money back if you don't like it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro. That is puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro today. We've reached a pretty radical point in American history when Democratic witnesses in front of Senate committees testifying about abortion cannot say that women are the only people who have babies. And yet that is precisely where we are. And it speaks to the ideological drip down that happens from academia into the halls of power and and how that then drips down to the American people more broadly, because you have to understand that the sort of radicalism that you're now seeing from the Biden administration in which they proclaim that boys can be girls, girls can be boys, and that Actual medical transition is a necessity for small children. When they say that sort of stuff, that is not coming from them. That is coming from the halls of academia, the ivory tower, where a bunch of people who are the intellectual oligarchy decide what the rest of us should think. And this has been the role of academia for a very long time. Academia, when it first began, was supposed to be the place where all the smartest people gathered, and they thought about the world. And then they came up with rubrics and heuristics that we could use in order to understand the world. And it was supposed to be based on merit. It was supposed to be based on the merit of your ideas, the, the fact that you were very smart, the fact that your ideas were, were creative and interesting and tested and true. Research was supposed to be done at universities. It was supposed to be a place where civilization was built. And then in the 60s, academia essentially became a place where civilization was torn down. And at that point, legitimacy in academia should have fallen away. People should have stopped paying attention to the academics who were spewing absolute gobbledygook nonsense, unreadable jargon in academic papers that made no sense. And they should have said, OK, we're not respected. We just don't respect you anymore. You've lost your merit. Whatever merit you had as sort of the high IQ people who are supposed to rule from on high, which was always kind of a bad idea, whatever merit that idea had went by the wayside the minute you started spewing absolute nonsense. Instead, the academic elite, the oligarchic university institutions decided that in order to maintain their power, because the critique of them was that they were too powerful and too oligarchic, in order to maintain their power, instead, what they would do is they would allow some people in who were radical criticizers of the system. They were going to allow the radicals to take over the building so they could maintain their own power. It was a, a pretty cynical move. They could have said to these folks, no, I'm sorry, you don't, your ideas do not merit to be in the upper tiers of academia because they're bad ideas. You don't have anything to teach the world. Instead, the critique was you won't let us in because you are racist or because you are sexist. It's not because we have bad ideas it's because you're racist or you're sexist. And so the halls of academia, which were, I think, immunologically compromised with this sort of stuff. They just didn't have a good response to it. So they said, okay, you guys come on in and you too can be part of the academic oligarchy. You too can be part of the intellectual elite that decide for the rest of us what truth constitutes and what facts constitute. That is the only way to explain why somebody like Kara Bridges, a professor at Berkeley, is considered a public intellectual in the United States of America, spewing absolute nonsense with an extraordinary level of self-absorbed narcissistic confidence. And it really is unparalleled. So there are a bunch of clips yesterday that went viral from a Senate committee hearing. The Senate committee hearing is the Senate Judiciary Committee, and they were talking about the overruling of Roe versus Wade under Dobbs. And Kara Bridges was called by the Democrats in order to testify. And there are a few things to learn from this exchange, which was championed by the left, by the way. In this exchange, according to the entire media, Kara Bridges is the victor. She is a, a wonderful expositor of humane values that have at their root deep, eternal truths. This is according to the media. And Josh Halley is getting skunked in these videos except that he's not. What she is spewing is absolute garbage. It is dumpster fire nonsense. And yet she's being treated as though she's a wise person. There's no wisdom in anything she's about to say. There's no fact in anything she's about to say. It is completely reality removed. And not only that, it is censorious. It is arrogant and nasty. And that is the nature of academic oligarchic institutions. They are oligarchies. They are tiny cadres of people who rule from above, which means they cannot allow dissent. If you wonder why it is that Ivy League colleges and universities, why these places are 98% Democrat, why there are no Republican professors in the halls of power, any conservatives in the halls of power, any natural law theorists in the halls of power, if there are, you can name them on one hand at all the Ivy League universities. That is because the oligarchy can only maintain its dominance by treating every form of dissent, every question as an actual threat. And then rolling, rolling the eyes. It's a, it's a teenage response. It's amazing. These are supposed to be the wisest people. They should have cogent responses to obvious questions. Instead, they engage in teenage eye rolling. All this leads up to the actual clips here because they really are. It's an amazing embodiment and distillation of just what our academic culture has become, which is why we need to blow it up entirely. It is not fixable. We need alternatives like University of Austin in Texas, led by friends of mine like Barry Weiss and, and Neil Ferguson. We need other alternatives out there. We need online education. We need to get people out of universities to teach this sort of garbage as though this garbage was some form of higher knowledge, as those Moses on the Mount. It's ridiculous. Okay, so we begin with Kara Bridges. To, to understand, by the way, who Kara Bridges is, you have to understand that Kara Bridges is one of the most privileged people, educationally speaking, ever to walk this earth. Here is Kara Bridges' actual academic background. Okay, she went to Spelman College. She then got a JD from Columbia Law School. She got a PhD from Columbia in anthropology, so she's a career academic. And she happens to be a classical ballet dancer, a trained classical ballet dancer. So this is not somebody who's experienced the deep, brutal hardship of American systemic racism. This is somebody who has really skimmed the cream from American life. I mean, on an educational level, that is the apex of academic achievement. She doesn't believe in the meritocracy, by the way. Right? She thinks the meritocracy is a lie. So that means that she is one of the privilege. Because if it's not about merit, then it's about privilege. So she's one of the privilege. And yet she spends her entire career, and this is the key, she spends her entire career ripping on the United States, which is one of the reasons why she's so widely beloved in leftist circles. In fact, she studies, quote, race, class, reproductive rights, and the intersection of the three. She's the author of a book called Critical Race Theory, a primer. She's a self-described critical race theorist. She believes in the rejection of legal conventions. She's a lawyer, right? She's a lawyer, who teaches at Berkeley Law School and rejects legal conventions, law is bad, and advocates in favor of the idea that, quote, racism is a normal feature of American society, not a deviation from an otherwise fair and and just status quo, and that traditional liberal understandings of the problems of racism and how racism will be defeated ought to be rejected. Namely, treating people in colorblind fashion, trying to treat people as individuals, the meritocracy, all of that is not going to solve racism. Instead, you need deep systemic change. So she's an Ibram X. Kendi type which means she's a pseudo-intellectual, masquerading as a real intellectual. And she speaks the jargon, and she says all of the words. And because she does all these things, she is considered the the alpha and omega of intellectual life in the United States. So you tell me whether this seems like this should be at the, the height of intellectual achievement in the United States. So we begin with a clip of Kara Bridges talking with Senator John Cornyn from Texas. And he asks her a very simple question because they're talking about abortion. He says, does the life of a preborn child have any worth at all in your view? Because she is an advocate of abortion all the way up to birth. And normally, Democrats have to have some sort of answer to this. But because she is an arrogant professor, she does not need to have an answer to this. In fact, it is, it is her arrogance that just dismisses the question out of hand. She doesn't want to answer that question, so she won't. Here we go. Do you think
1: that a, um, a baby that is not yet born has value?
2: I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value, they have intelligence, they have agency, they no, have I'm talking dignity. about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with the capacity and for I'm, pregnancy. And you're
1: not answering the question. I'm asking, I'm, you I'm, think answering, that a, I'm answering
2: a more interesting question that, to me. Do you think
1: that a baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value?
2: I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives.
1: Well, and and I just note you refuse to answer the question.
0: Oh, man, the contemptuous pomposity of this human being it is an amazing thing. She's asked a very simple question. She says, well, I'm answering a more interesting question to me. Well, I wasn't aware that you get to answer your own questions when you testify in front of Congress. I thought generally speaking, you're asked you're asked a question and then you answer the question. I mean, it, it, he asks her the value of a preborn human being. and she just starts giving a disquisition on a quadratic formula. That would not be answering the question, even if that is much more interesting to her. Who cares what's interesting to you? You weren't, talk, you weren't called here to talk about the things that are interesting to you. You're testifying in front of Congress. And of course, she's using exactly the sort of nonsensical gender ideology jargon that you're used to hearing from the left now. Remember, for, for years, when people on the right have talked about what's happening in academia, the typical response of so many people in the mainstream media and in the Democratic Party and yes, even on the right, has been, why do we care what happens on campus? Why does it matter what happens on campus? After all, it's just a bunch of pointy heads who are talking with each other in echo chambers with a few hundred people. Why is that a big deal? And the answer is because this ideology bleeds down. It does. There is a trickle-down theory of intellectual nonsense. And that trickle-down theory happens to be correct. It starts at the top in places like Berkeley Law School, and then it drips down into every nook and cranny of American life. So what she is saying there is that people with the capacity for pregnancy. Now, the reason she's saying that, of course, is because the idea is supposed to be that there are some men who can get pregnant. Now, this is a a nonsensical view. There is no such thing as a pregnant man. It does not exist. There are women who believe they are men who get pregnant. That does not make them men any more than a woman who believes she is a cat means that cats get pregnant with humans. That's not the way any of this works. A woman who is born female is still a woman, even if she believes she is a man. But because she is a devotee of the idea that men can be women and women can be men in anti-biological, anti-logic, anti-physics position, considering that now the position of the left is that you have to go back in time and erase the fact that this person was ever a member of their biological sex. She doesn't give any evidence to this effect, but she doesn't have to. She can just use scorn and nastiness in order to achieve her point. And then she can wrap it up with a bow that says, I care. And that's exactly what happens in this now- Viral exchange with Josh Halleck. All of this feels like a little bit of a nightmare because of the bizarre dream logic of all of it. Well, if you feel like you're sleeping, but you're not sleeping, but you should be sleeping, you really need a Helix Sleep mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment, prevent morning aches and pains, even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm and yet breathable model. I wanted something that was not going to hurt my back and also something that was going to cool me down at night. This is what Helix Sleep did for me. What can it do for you? Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. It is that good. I got my sisters, both of them, actually, Helix Sleep mattresses. I got my mom a Helix Sleep mattress. Like, Helix is the best. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 350 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. This is their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. That is helixsleep.com slash Ben. So Josh Halley points to the fact that when she is talking about, quote-unquote, women's rights, what she really means is not women because she literally believes that men can give birth. And so he says, you keep saying things that you know, people on the left can say women's rights. Well, it's not really a woman's rights issue if men can give birth. So, can men give birth? And she is the, the astonishing sententiousness of the human being. It's the 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 dripping scorn is incredible. Here, here we go,
3: Professor Bridges. You said several times you've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? No, I don't think I'm going to get <laughs> so. Ridden. You are
2: denying that trans people this. and
3: that you. leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, absolutely. or are they also treated like this, where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're me. opening up people to oh, violence? We
2: have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet you might learn a lot.
0: Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot just in this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. What an obnoxious, terrible human being! My goodness, and, and that's because she's never had to answer a, a difficult question ever. She's filled with intersectional criteria and she spouts intersectional woke nonsense. And that means that nobody's ever asked her a question. She's never had a PhD advisor who's forced her to answer a question. She's never had a student who's asked a, her a tough question that she hasn't been able to dismiss with the wide eyes and the rolling eyes and the, and, the, and the gestures of disdain. She's never had to answer that sort of stuff because again, it's an oligarchy and oligarchy means you quash dissent. This is the sort of, the sort of stuff that people face in the classroom. And it bleeds down. Her, li- her line is complete garbage, by the way. It is just sheer bullcrap when she says, Josh Howley, do you believe that trans people exist? Trans people exist in the sense that there are people who believe they are members of the opposite sex. This does not mean that their claim is accurate. schizophrenic people exist. This does not mean that the radio is talking to them. Trans people exist in the same way that anorexic people exist. There are people who believe that they are fat when they're actually underweight. This does not mean that they are actually fat. So you're not denying anybody's existence. You're denying that their claim about reality is true. But she suggests, of course, that this means that people are committing suicide. And this is always the threat that the left likes to bring. And it starts in academia. It bleeds all the way down. The idea is that if you make an argument based in fact that you're going to cause somebody else to commit suicide. Now, in American law and in law, typically, the idea that you can cause someone else to commit suicide is pretty dicey territory generally. And you actually have some pretty specific evidence saying that somebody is telling somebody to commit suicide in order to even attempt to hold them accountable for their commission of suicide because there's an intervening actor, namely the person who's committing the suicide. The generalized point the left tries to make is that if you say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, a bunch of people who believe they are members of the opposite sex will be so despondent about the fact that biological reality exists and that you are saying it. Not even that it exists, that you're saying it, that they're going to go commit suicide. There's only one problem with this line of argument. It's complete nonsense. There's no statistical evidence to suggest that the wildly disparate suicidal ideation rate among LGBT people suddenly corrects itself To meet the cis norm, meaning people who know what sex they are and it is their biological sex, the heterosexual norm, the suicide rates, the suicidal ideation rates do not suddenly become equal if you live in an area that is highly tolerant of LGBT. They're still wildly disproportionate, which suggests that there are a bunch of other intervening factors, including serious comorbidities with regard to anxiety and depression that attend upon LGBT identity. We're not allowed to talk about any of that. The idea is supposed to be that it's because Josh Hawley is mean that trans kids are now suicidal. That is not true. There's no evidence to that idea. And by the way, even were that true, it would not mean that it is now Josh Hawley's job to lie. Truth matters in a society. If some people are unable to handle truth and this causes them to be more mentally ill or more suicidal, that is not the fault of the truth. We're going to have to find some different solutions. The solution is not society-wide falsehoods. And yet that is exactly what is being promoted here. Because, and yet the reason that this matters is because for people like Kara Bridges, truth is non-existent. It doesn't exist. It's a, it's, an, it's a mechanism of power. This is what critical race theory suggests. And she is a critical race theorist. Critical race theory exists within the broader framework of critical theory. Critical theory, which is a sort of Foucaultian invention. Critical theory says... That truth does not exist. Truth is merely power. It's a guise for power. What you think of as truth is just because you have grown up in a system in which that definition of truth was crammed down upon you by forces that use that particular definition of truth and that value of truth as a tool for power. So if we wish to correct the mechanisms of power imbalance, we have to redefine truth. We have to pretend truth away in order that the marginalized and the dispossessed can have more power. And if that means we all have to lie, then we all have to lie. And if it means that truth has to go by the wayside as a value, then truth has to go by the wayside as value, which raises the question as to why you are a professor. What exactly are you teaching? You're just teaching the destruction of all norms and institutions. And and all the wisdom does not exist in this world. Everything is relativistic. It is just a power game. And this is why Kara Bridges treats everything like a power game. In that exchange, she's treating it like a power game. She's not interested in getting at the truth. She answers the questions she wants to answer because this demonstrates that she is standing up to the patriarchy. It demonstrates that she's overthrowing the power imbalances inherent in the dynamic. When she decides that she is just going to accuse Senator Howley of facilitating suicide without any actual evidence to that effect. Well, I mean, that's all part of the game because it is a game. It's a power game because everything is a power game. Now, why does this matter so much? It matters, number one, because our academic institutions are entirely corrupt and need to be completely dispensed with in many ways, unless you are in a STEM field science, technology, engineering, math, unless you're in one of those fields, if you're in a liberal arts field, I can say with fairly high degree of certitude that you are learning sheer bizarro world silliness on a, on a regular basis. I know I have a poli-sci degree at UCLA and a law degree from Harvard, so I get it. I've been in these classrooms. But it's more than that. It's that the people who are the most respected in our society, the, the, the people who are, who are granted the greatest titles, The people who have all the letters after their name, the people who are supposed to be our intellectual leaders, the the tip of the spear in terms of ideas and and thought, those people are actually corrupting the society and destroying it from within. That's what you're watching that clip. And the entire media are graduates from these Ivy League universities now. They're not sort of the hard-boiled, shoe-on-the-pavement reporters of the 1920s. These are all college graduates who went to Ivy League schools. They agree with all of this because they've been inducted into the cult. And it is a cult. The cult suggests that you have to repeat these nostrums. And the more you repeat the nostrums, the more you have demonstrated skin in the game. This is why you see all of the members of the media with their pronouns listed after their bios. We know that that you are a man or or that you're a woman. We can tell because we are not six months old. But the the whole point of doing this is to demonstrate fealty to the woke ideology, to demonstrate fealty to an ideology that suggests that truth is of secondary concern. And when that bleeds over into journalism, truth becomes a secondary concern in journalism as well, which is how you end up with people like Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post suggesting that if a story is repeated enough, including false stories about a 10-year-old needing an abortion, that it just becomes fact without any supporting evidence. Truth as a value is crucial to a society's functioning because if we can't agree on a common core of truth, how exactly are we going to have any sort of discussion in a democratic republic? It just isn't going to happen. And this has now embedded itself in every aspect of our political discourse. You can see it throughout the abortion debate. But the left doesn't care about truth in any way, shape, or form. Well, here is a truth that you need to care about, and that is you need life insurance. You like that transition there? But it's true. You do need life insurance because if you're a responsible human being, your family needs to be taken care of in case, God forbid, you should be hit by a train or something. Policy Genius is an insurance comparison website that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in one place to find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Just click the link in the description or head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Get personalized quotes in minutes. Find the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand throughout the entire process to help you understand your options so you can make decisions with confidence. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Your personal information is private. You're not going to sell your details to third parties. Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews across both Google and Trustpilot and options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance. They've placed over $150 billion in coverage. So why not just do it yourself? Head on over to slash Shapiro, get your free life insurance quotes, see how much you could save today. Again, that's slash Shapiro. It's the responsible thing to do. slash Shapiro. So, Kara Bridges wasn't the only sententious person to to talk yesterday. He also had a professor named Dr. Colleen McNicholas. She's a doctor, Planned Parenthood of St. Louis, chief medical officer. And here she was explaining that abortion is an act of love. Abortion is an act of love, which is an amazing statement. Act of love, certainly not for the baby who is dead now. An act of love. You have to, again, redefine words in order to achieve this bizarre and, and reverse of the truth notion.
1: Thank you for inviting me to share about this moment in history, which I am certain will be a stain as we move forward. Abortion is normal. It is an act of love, and it is fundamentally health care.
0: It's an act of love. Killing pre born children is an act of love. After all, the only thing we're worried about is people capable of giving birth, according to Kara Bridges. And this leads to the result that you have actual senators who taught at Harvard Law School, like Elizabeth Warren, who is now suggesting, you know know, it's an act of love? Killing a baby. You know it's not an act of love? Counseling people not to kill their babies. That's not an act of love. That's brutality needs to be stopped. So here's Elizabeth Warren actively arguing that crisis pregnancy centers, which provide prenatal care to women and try to convince them to actually have their babies need to be shut down by force of law. After all, that's sympathy. Now, we are twisting all words now. Truth, love, sympathy, all of these are being completely exploded. But that's because it's all a power game, folks. In the end, all of those words don't matter. All that matters is who gets to wield the power. Here's Senator Elizabeth Warren declaring that a true act of love is to shut down crisis pregnancy centers.
1: In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like
0: that. It's torturing a pregnant person to bring in a pregnant person. And I love that pregnant person. Again, they're, they're all going to say that they read from the same hymnal pregnant person because some men can be pregnant. And also it's torture now. It's sheer torture for a pregnant woman to get a sonogram. If a woman gets a sonogram and she gets a 3D ultrasound, my goodness, that would be absolute torture. But you know what an act of love is? An act of love is going in there and chopping up the baby in the womb. That, that's an act of love. And it can happen to men too. The Democratic Party has bought into this. So have the media. And if they say it often enough, they hope they'll get away with it because words don't have meaning in this world. All that matters is the power. Maisie Hirono, who is the stupidest senator in the United States Senate. And that's saying a lot because there are a lot of dodos in the Senate. There are a lot of morons in elected office. You spend any time at all around elected officials, and the first thing you recognize is that your average plumber is significantly smarter than virtually all members of Congress. Maisie Hirono is no exception to this rule. She is by far the dumbest person in the United States. And again, that is saying an extraordinary amount. So Maisie Hirono, yesterday, she was talking about abortion, and she says, who who would know what the founding fathers meant? Who knows what words mean? Words don't mean anything. How do we know? How do you even know what I'm saying to you right now? It could sound like words. It could also just mean... Why are you speaking words if you think they have no meaning? Maisie Hirono, here's the senator from Hawaii who must have been dropped on her head as a child.
2: Originalism, they, the justices who take that approach go all the way back to our founding fathers and pretend that they know what our founding fathers meant when they drafted the Constitution. I use the word pretend because who the heck would, should, would, would know what our founding fathers meant. Um, is there any reference to AR-15 rifles in our constitution? No.
0: The geniuses, the geniuses. And by the way, their solution is not, we don't know what the founding fathers meant, so we should vote on it. That's not actually their, their, their belief. Their belief is on issues where we believe we will lose in the legislature, the Supreme Court should just make up the answer. And on issues where we believe we will win in the legislature, the Supreme Court should shut up. It's all a power game always and forever. So if it feels like everything's topsy-turvy, it feels like everything's the reverse of reality, that's because it is. Reality has certain rules. Words have certain meanings. The hard left, which again, starts in academia and then it now pervades all of the left, apparently, or a huge swath of the left. They believe words don't have meaning. Institutions have no value. Everything is malleable. The only thing that matters is who wields the power against whom. Let's have Lori Lightfoot arguing that it is a form of slavery for women to bear their bear, it seems a lot more like slavery to, I don't know, dehumanize an entire swath of the population and then target them as property that can be destroyed. That seems a lot more like slavery to me. It seems more like slavery to treat a nine-month-old in the womb like it can be, just be killed for no reason at all, just because somebody wants to. That seems a lot more like slavery than saying, hey, maybe that thing has rights. But here's Lori Lightfoot, the horrible mayor of, of Chicago.
2: There's been some notion um, out there in state le- other state legislatures that they are going to um, bring legal action against um, uh, health care providers and against women themselves if they travel outside of states where abortion is banned to a city uh, like Chicago or a state like Illinois I mean I have to tell you as an African American what I hear when I hear that is fugitive slave laws like we're back in the day where they're chasing people who are seeking freedom. It's the same kind of dynamic here.
0: Nothing says seeking freedom quite like a baby should be killed up until the point that it's born. All power games, truth doesn't matter, which is why you had Joe Biden repeating from the rostrum of the White House a story about a ten-year-old who needed an abortion in Ohio, and the ten year old apparently does not exist. We get to more on this in just one second first. We all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop at Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. According to the Wall Street Journal- The tale is a potent post row tale of woe for those who want to make abortion a voting issue this fall. One problem, there's no evidence the girl exists. We're talking, of course, about a story that was repeated by Joe Biden. He said a 10 year old girl he didn't identify by name was forced to travel from Ohio to Indiana to have an abortion because Ohio now prohibits abortion after a fetal heartbeat is discovered. The girl had been raped, he said. Ohio law now includes no abortion exceptions in cases of rape and incest. The claim originated in a July 1st Indianapolis star piece headline patients head to Indiana for abortion services as other states restrict care. Caitlin Bernard, an obstetrician gynecologist, told the paper's medical reporter after the Ohio ban went into effect, she'd fielded a call about the girl from a child abuse doctor in the Buckeye State. There's only one problem. There has to be a police report in a case like this because you now have evidence de facto of rape. Ten year olds cannot consent to sex. There's been no police report anywhere in the state of Ohio, so far as anyone can tell. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost told Fox News Monday his office had not heard a whisper of such a crime from prosecutors, police, and sheriffs in the state. You may not be surprised to learn, says the Wall Street Journal, that Dr. Bernard has a long history of abortion activism in the media. But the story, it doesn't matter whether the story is true or not. All that matters is whether the story is useful or not. That is the thing that matters most to these people. Because truth is, is of completely no value. This is how you can erase the past. This is how you can make things just disappear. So for example, you seem to recall just a few years ago, there was an actress named Ellen Page. You're not allowed to say that. That's the thing we're not allowed to say, that there was an actress. We're not even allowed to say, forget about, there is a person who is a woman who calls herself Elliot Page and is a biological woman. That's controversial enough. But now you're not even allowed to say that there was an actress named Ellen Page at any point in the past. As the Daily Wire reports, Amanda Harding, if someone from 2008 awakened from a coma and immediately decided to look up their favorite actress, Ellen Page, that person would be left disappointed because she doesn't exist anymore in places like IMDb and Wikipedia. The person formerly known as Ellen Page now goes by Elliot Page. Page has only been Elliot since December 1st, 2020, but somehow in that short time has managed to transform the past to suit a new identity. Apparently, pretty much everybody has now decided that Ellen Page never existed. The only place that Ellen Page is listed ever is Ellen Page was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role in 2008. That is the only place that it is listed. Now, it has to be nominated that way because it's Best Actress still. They they did include a note on Oscars.org and then they changed it. They said that Elliot Page was nominated for Best Actress, which makes no sense at all. IMDb just erased the page entirely. Wikipedia says formerly Ellen Page, but Pretty much everywhere, the truth has now been erased. And if you say the truth on places like Twitter, they will ban you like they did to Jordan Peterson. You're not allowed to say this sort of stuff. It's all, and again, it's not just culture. It's not just the media. It's, it's everywhere. It bleeds down to the lowest level because once people repeat things enough, this is taken in by children. You wonder why more and more children are identifying as LGBT in new and extraordinary ways. That is not because there is a biological Bottleneck that has hit Western civilization, where suddenly the new generation, we've discovered it magically, genetically, 21% of them are now LGBT. That is not the case. It is a social contagion. It is chaos on the sexual front fostered by the left on the basis of lies and untruths about the moral and psychological equivalence of all sexual identity and activity. This is something that the left has pushed. And when you subsidize things, you get more of them. And this is true in every area of life. When you subsidize the message, for example, in the United States, that the system is completely racist, that the cops are racist, that any interaction you have with the cops is likely to be racist, this bleeds down to the lowest level, which brings us to the most disturbing story of the day. This is a story from Minnesota. This story in Minnesota features a toddler cursing and swinging at cops while adults in the background hurl racist slurs in St. Paul, Minnesota. The footage was recorded last week, according to the UK Daily Mail, while police were at a home to serve a search warrant in the hunt for a murder suspect. The 30-second clip shows an unnamed small boy standing in the street in his underwear, barefoot, screaming "Shut up!" B-, at a black police officer and telling him to shut the f up. He then turns to the other cop and makes fun of his ugly ass shoes, while other barefoot and barely dressed kids stand around him. Meanwhile, there's an adult male who calls the black police officer Oreo Head. Here is a little bit of the tape.
1: You
0: know, toddlers trying to hit cops now you think, that's a, you think that's a natural behavior Or is that a learned behavior? What do you think? You think maybe there's some authority figures In that kid's life Who are teaching those kids evil, evil things About the police? And you think that entire media That fosters those evil statements about the police That it's the police who are at fault The police are the problem You think maybe that bleeds down And has real consequences? The answer, of course, is yes That's exactly what happens in our culture? All of the anti-Americanism, all of the anti-cop rhetoric, all of the suggestion that America is a deeply racist, terrible place, all of this bleeds down. It pervades our society at every level. You want to talk about the intellectual civil war in the United States. It's a civil war between people who still believe that you have to have evidence and truth on your side and people who just believe that America is a power game. And that means you can say whatever you want, no matter how powerful and how rich you are, which is how you have LeBron James and most powerful rich people in the United States declaring that Brittany Griner, who's now being held in Russia, should not even want to come back to the United States. Here's LeBron James. I guess China let him out of um, his holding cell so he could say what he wants, since he's not allowed to speak about China, but he's allowed to say whatever garbage about the United States he pleases.
1: White people, they're collecting black art. Have you had to explain that ever to collectors? It's
3: not the responsibility of black folks to use their work as a teaching tool.
1: Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been
3: there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America?
0: uh, He'd be asking, I, I don't know, you might want to go back to your billion dollar fortune in the United States. But the truth is that LeBron James wouldn't end up in Russian custody because the Chinese would free him since he's done an excellent amount of work on their behalf. A culture that is pervaded with the notion that America is just a power game, that truth and evidence don't matter at all, is a society that is dying. Everything for these folks is a power game, but here's something that is not a game. Making your will. I know, these are dark thoughts, but here is the truth. 100% of people who skydive will die. 100% of people who eat broccoli will die. You are going to die. I know that's like a really dark message, but here's the thing. You actually do need a will. Like, wills are very, very important. If you don't want the government deciding what happens with your assets and your kids, you probably need to write a will right now. A will is one of the most important legal documents you will ever need. It's not about you. It's about your loved ones, the really hard decisions they'll face if something, God forbid, happens to you. Decisions like whether to keep you on life support or not. If you're a parent, you don't want to judge deciding who should step in to raise your kids. Do yourself and your family a favor. Make the decisions now so they don't have to face them later without you. Go to EpicWill.com. Use promo code Shapiro. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. Epic Will can set you up with a will in as little as five minutes. It's incredibly easy. It's well worth the 119 bucks to secure your family's future. Without a will, you might as well wrap up all your money and assets and just hand them to the state because that's what will happen When you die, no matter where you are at in your life, you need to have a will in place. It is the responsible thing to do. My wife and I have a will. You should too. Go to epicwill.com. Use my code Shapiro today. That's epicwill.com. Use my code Shapiro to get started. All folks, Pride Month is over. I know, the greatest month of the year, the most prideful month, the proudest month of all the year. And while the celebration might have ended, What is a Woman is still one of the most popular movies at home on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 97% audience score from over 5,000 ratings. It's still being talked about even if mainstream reviewers won't touch it because they are so afraid of it. Daily Wire is known for creating fearless documentaries like What is a Woman? But that is just the tip of the iceberg of the goodness you get when you now subscribe to Daily Wire Plus. It's everything you love about the Daily Wire, plus so much more. As a member, you get exclusive access to brand new shows and content from the great Jordan Peterson. I mean, it's like tons of content. It's a fire hose of Jordan Peterson content, plus the entire Prager U library, plus original movies and documentaries, plus animated and live kids action content coming soon. We are building the future you want to see. Come join us. You know, here's the thing. All these other big media companies, they're publicly traded. They, they, are, sus- they are subject to the whims of institutional stockholders. We are not a Daily Wire. The reason we can do that is because you support us because you are members over at Daily Wire. Head on over to dailywireplus.com. Become a member today. That's dailywireplus.com today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is doing an excellent job as per the usual arrangement yesterday. Joe Biden made a statement that uh, I have to say fact check true on this one. Here's Joe Biden explaining what it feels like every time he hears hail to the chief.
3: Well, folks, uh, you know, you don't have to stand every time I hear hail to the chief wonder where the hell is he? (laughs) Took me a long while. (laughs) You think I'm joking. I'm not. Turn around and where's the the president?
0: Yeah. um, Mm hmm. We are all asking that question, sir. It turns out that the joke that I frequently tell about Joe Biden being the happiest man in the world because every morning somebody wakes him up and reminds him he's president of the United States because he's forgotten thanks to his short-term memory loss. Um, It turns out that's not a joke. That's actual reality according to Joe Biden himself. Well, I think a lot of people are wishing he weren't president right now considering that US inflation has now quickened to 9.1%. It actually got worse. Okay, remember it was supposed to have peaked? We heard last month that it peaked. Uh, Nope, not even close to peaking. Consumer prices, according to Ben Castleman of the New York Times, rose 1.3% in June. They were up 9.1% from one year earlier. This is the fastest year-over-year rate of inflation since 1981. A new four-decade high, you know, winning prizes every month for doing the first thing that's happened in 40 years. He's a, he's setting new records. It's truly amazing. Excluding food and energy, prices were still up 0.7% from May. An unexpected acceleration. Unexpected by whom, precisely? Unexpected by the media that wish to play a lapdog role for Joe Biden, but are having real trouble with the economic facts on the ground. See, the, the good news is about a society that dispenses with truth, you can only do that so long before reality tends to bite you directly on the ass. And that's exactly what's happening on economics. Gas prices rose 11.2% in June alone. They're up nearly 60% from one year earlier. Grocery prices were up 1% in June. They're up 12.2% from one year earlier. Whew. That's the biggest increase for food since 1981. The reacceleration and in core inflation is what people are really worried about because it's not just that the food and energy prices have gone up. It's pretty much everything else as well. The inflation index, including food and gas, could slow in July's data because prices at the pump have moderated a little bit in recent weeks, but gas prices are volatile. They could shoot up again. The report contained unwelcome news beyond the headline number, according to The New York Times. A core inflation index that strips out food and fuel prices remained high, came in faster than economists expected. The core index climbed 5.9% in the year through June, barely a slowdown from 6% in the previous report. The core measure actually climbed 0.7% from May to June, more than the previous monthly increase. Bad news for central bankers. The question is whether that deceleration will last. The answer is unclear. The global economy has been buffeted by a series of shocks and then we get all the excuse making for Joe Biden. Jerome Powell said, quote, we now understand better how little we understand about inflation. Man, I'm glad the experts are in charge. The experts in academia, the experts at the Fed. Maybe the answer to all of this expertise is you're not experts and we shouldn't listen to you anymore because you're bad at your jobs. Maybe it's that. The central bank has been escalating its assault on inflation. The Fed first lifted interest rates from near zero in March by a quarter point to try to make money more expensive to borrow and slow consumer demand. In May, it raised rates half a point last month. It increased them by 0.75 percentage points. Many central bankers have been clear they want to make another 0.75% increase in July. They hope to raise rates into the neighborhood of 3.5% by the end of the year. Larry Summers was suggesting we're going to need to hit the 5% to 7% inflation range, interest rate range, in order to really quash inflation. So far, he's been a lot more right than anybody who is in power. These are disastrous economic reports for Joe Biden, who is hoping that all this stuff was sort of going to militate before the election. Again, the Fed is trying to prevent consumer expectations of higher inflation becoming entrenched because that expectation can then be self-fulfilling, meaning the prices never really go back down. Persistent high inflation, according to the Wall Street Journal, is putting a strain on business and consumers who, after decades of price stability, aren't used to it. Consumer inflation expectations have improved somewhat, according to a Federal Reserve Bank of New York survey this week. Americans expect slower inflation increases over the longer run than they had in recent months, which makes sense. Otherwise, the Federal Reserve would be literally doing nothing. With that said, the continued acceleration of inflation is demonstrative of the fact that this administration has run this economy so hot it's out of control. And they can try to blame that on Putin. This is what Biden has been doing. By the way, you want to talk about just foreign policy incompetence. Joe Biden trying to blame this on Putin is the height of foreign policy incompetence because the logic of blaming it on Putin suggests that if you want this to be alleviated, the war in Ukraine then has to end or you have to change your policy. Those are the only two available options. Joe Biden has said, we've got a Putin price hike. That's what, infl-. it's Putin. Uh, Vladimir Putin and the, U- the war in Ukraine. Okay, well, if it's that, and if I'm an American and I want the prices to go down, that means I want you to stop the war in Ukraine, or I want you to change the energy policies and the economic policies of the United States such that we can continue to fight the war in Ukraine. And I also am not bankrupting myself every time I take my kids to the grocery store. And yet Joe Biden refuses to do either of those things. He thinks that if just by yelling at Putin, suddenly people are like, oh yeah, things are going amazing. Really, really well done. So Joe Biden's economic performance continues to be absolutely abysmal. The Democrats are about to get walloped and they deserve to be walloped because, man, if if you run the economy this hot and then it turns out that you spend years and years suggesting that there's no such thing as inflation, you're going to take it right in the teeth, right in the teeth. By the way, again, what you're looking at in 12 month percentage change in consumer price index, food is up 10.4 percent, energy is up 41.6 percent, gas is up 59.9 percent. The, the, that psychotic spending bill in March 2021 is a disaster area. Now that that giant boondoggle spending bill that was supposed to end COVID. And here's the thing: Democrats are still trying to pile on the COVID train. They they, they won't put COVID behind them. L.A. County is talking about remasking now because of an increase in BA five, which again the death rates from BA five are not particularly high. They are not, according to L.A. Public Health. There have been about 3,000 new cases July 11, 3,700 new cases, about nine deaths. And they're talking about remasking all of L.A. County again. Meanwhile, Anthony Fauci is promoting the idea that we're not over COVID. We can't put COVID behind us, which from the Democratic point of view means we have to inject more money into the economy, doesn't it? Here's Anthony Fauci, who just won't go away, sort of like COVID.
1: We are certainly not over it. And I think that, you know, people have an understandable desire to put this in the rearview mirror and say we're through with it. But that's just not the reality, Neil. And when I say that, I don't mean to scare people or to get people feel they have to dramatically alter their lives or do anything with mandating a thing like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about making use of the available interventions
0: that we have. Well, the good news is that the geniuses are in charge. Geniuses like Kamala Harris, who says she's handling the tough issues. She said yesterday that any issue she handles is a tough issue. That's true, but not in the way she means it. Here she was on Face the Nation.
2: Do you think any of this is fair? Do you think you're being set up to fail? No, I don't believe I'm being set up to fail. But, um, these more, are more, Democrats in, but, but more important, I'm vice president of the United States. Anything that I handle is because it's a tough issue.
0: Or maybe it becomes a tough issue because you handle it. Maybe you're so bad at this job that literally everything you touch becomes more difficult because you're bad at this job. If you keep failing in school, maybe the problem is not that every test you're given is hard. Maybe the problem is you're dumb. Maybe that's the problem. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's say you were a duke of an intergalactic house, and one day your emperor decided to give you an additional desert planet to rule. Well, you'd probably think, that sounds like an amazing gift. Wrong you are, because that same emperor decided to blindside you and murder you in your sleep. Pretty sure Duke Leto really wished he had some life insurance the moment that hunter-seeker pierced his body. No one likes to talk about life insurance, but it's incredibly important, and you need to include it in your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy to protect your family today. Give yourself the peace of mind that comes with knowing that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover all their expenses while getting back on their feet. Policy Genius' technology makes comparing life insurance quotes from America's top insurers easy. Just a few clicks. You already have a life insurance policy through work, but that might not be enough. And if you move jobs, then it doesn't follow you. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just $292 per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. When they make it this easy, there really is not an excuse not to do it. Save time, money, provide your family with financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head on over to PolicyGenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com slash Shapiro. And well, meanwhile, Democrats are staring down the barrel of 2022. They continue to put all of their eggs in the January 6th basket. So they continue to ramp up the rhetoric with regard to the January 6th committee. So yesterday, all of the news was about the January 6th committee and new bombshells, new bombshells. OK, so all of the bombshells are people said stuff. What I mean by this is not people committed crimes. It's that people said that they were worried that crimes may have been committed or they were upset that January 6th happened or they were mad or they perceived something. All the bombshells are not smoking guns, nor are they connected dots. So the promise of the January 6th committee was originally there was going to be an attempt to show an actual connection between Donald Trump and the people who broke into the Capitol such that he was instructing them to do so, which would be a crime. Right, this is this is what they claimed. They claimed there was a seven step plan that culminated in the events of January 6th, as opposed to what January 6th actually looked like, which was the natural outgrowth of Donald Trump thrashing against the box that he'd been placed in by losing the Electoral College. And so the Democrats keep throwing out this idea that there are these bombshells. Wow. This is why you can't vote Republican, man. The bombshells. But you got to connect dots in order for the bombshells to have any impact. So they keep using language suggestive of the connection of the dots. But then they don't connect the dots. So Representative Jamie Raskin from Maryland, he was leading the the questioning yesterday. And he suggested that Trump had galvanized his supporters to attack the Capitol building.
1: In the wee hours of December 19th, dissatisfied with his options, Donald Trump decided to call for a large and wild crowd on Wednesday, January 6th, the day when Congress would meet to certify the electoral votes. Never before in American history had a president called for a crowd to come contest the counting of electoral votes by Congress or engaged in any effort designed to influence, delay or obstruct the joint session of Congress in doing its work required by our Constitution and the Electoral Count Act. As we'll see, Donald Trump's 1.42 a.m. tweet electrified and galvanized his supporters, especially the dangerous extremists and the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and other racist and white nationalist groups spoiling for a fight against the government.
0: Okay, by galvanized, he seems to be suggesting that Trump quote-unquote incited the riot. Well, if you're going to make a charge for incitement, you have to say that Donald Trump told people to go attack the Capitol building. He did not. He actually said in his speech to go and peacefully protest in front of the Capitol building, and they just never connect the dots. So they, they use very colorful language in order to try and drive at a conclusion they want to reach, but they don't actually then show the evidence that, that conclusion has been reached. So they, they keep coming at it sort of ass backwards, they'll bring out a witness, and the witness will be like, I perceived Trump's tweet as having told me to go attack the Capitol building. Well, why do I care what a random oath keeper perceived? You actually have to show intent, right? Incitement is an intent crime incitement requires you not just to have said something, then somebody took your words and went and did something. It's that you actually have to have told them to go do it. And yet the media keeps trotting out people who are clearly not of the top intellectual stock to talk about what they perceived Trump to have said. This is not connecting the dots. This is not going to get you where you need to go. So for example, an ex-oath keeper named Jason Van Tatenhove, he suggested that January 6th was going to be an armed revolution, possibly a new civil. But anywhere in here, does he say that Donald Trump like called them up on the phone and said it's time to attack? The no. So we, we knew this. I mean, that's why presumably there were people committing criminal acts at the Capitol building.
1: I, I think we need to quit mincing words and just talk about truths. And what it was going to be was an armed revolution. I mean, people died that day. Law enforcement officers died this day. There was a gallows set up in front of the Capitol. This could have been the spark that started a new civil war. And no one would have won there. That would have been good for no
0: one. So five seconds ago, he was a crazy criminal. The Democrats were accusing of insurrection. Today, he's testifying before Congress as a great intellectual on why Donald Trump had launched a civil war. Weird that that sort of flip in the, the, the treatment of respect for this person's intellectual merit. And it was a lot of that yesterday at the January 6th committee. So you had a convicted writer named Stephen Ayers blaming Trump. Again, I assume he would. He wouldn't blame himself for being an idiot, presumably.
2: When you arrived on the ellipse that morning, were you planning on going to the Capitol?
1: No, we didn't actually plan to go down there. Um, You know, we went basically to see the Stop the Steal rally, and that was it.
2: So why did you decide to march to the Capitol?
1: Um, Well, basically, uh, you know, the president, you know, got everybody riled up, told everybody head on down. So we basically were just following what he said.
0: Okay, you're following what he said to march to the Capitol and then what peacefully protest in front of it, which is also what he said in the speech. This is the big thing. They can't get to the dot where Trump said, go attack the Capitol building. The, The stuff they have about Trump that is really damaging to Trump is that he did not do virtually anything to stop it once it had started. That is not the same thing as suggesting that he planned it, that there was a conspiracy toward insurrection. That's not the same thing. The, the, the damaging stuff they have about Trump may be that he's pressuring witnesses, but they're going to have to actually show evidence of that. So Liz Cheney is suggesting that they have evidence that Trump is calling up witnesses and saying stuff. Okay, well, present it to the DOJ, and then it's up to Merrick Garland to prosecute that if that's an actual witness tampering charge. But this committee routinely seems to be overpromising and underdelivering.
2: After our last hearing, President Trump tried to call a witness in our investigation, a witness you have not yet seen in these hearings. That person declined to answer or respond to President Trump's call and instead alerted their lawyer to the call. Their lawyer alerted us. And this committee has supplied that information to the Department of Justice.
0: OK, well, I mean, that's what the Department of Justice exists to do. So if they've got the evidence, then go for it, man. But this committee, what it seems to really exist to do is to overpromise on what they are going to deliver on a thing that we already know about. Again, this is the problem with the January 6th committee. We were all there. We remember it. It wasn't long ago. If you're going to demonstrate new material, it can't just be, hey, the Oath Keepers said really nasty things or Alex Jones and Steve Bannon. Those people, they say really violent and terrible things sometimes. Like, yes, we know they said it publicly publicly. By the way, Steve Bannon has demanded that he be allowed to testify publicly, and the committee's like, no, which is always the sign of a good committee. <laughs> now, look, Bannon wants his moment in the sun. I Man knows Steve pretty well. Bannon would love nothing better than to be in front of he's a clever guy, he's very bombastic, he'd love nothing better than to do the sort of Al Pacino and injustice for all. You're out of order, you're out of order. This entire committee's like, he would love that. It would make him a celebrity. And so the committee doesn't want him to do that. But the fact that this committee only brings out certain witnesses to testify publicly, and others, they just sort of pick and choose little pieces that they decide to show of their testimony in public. It is a propaganda outfit. I mean, there's just no other way to put it because this is not typically how a committee is run. And so as part of that propaganda outfit, uh, they decided that it was really important to show what Steve Bannon said the day before. And to understand how how silly this is, you really have to know Bannon. You have to have followed Bannon for a while. So they trotted out footage of Steve Bannon from his show, The War Room on January 5th, talking about how all hell was going to break loose. Here is the footage of Steve.
2: Listen to what Mr. Bannon said that day after the first call he had with the president.
0: All hell
1: is going to break loose tomorrow. It's all converging. And now we're on, as they say, the point of attack, right? The point of attack tomorrow. I'll tell you this. It's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen. Okay, it's going to be quite extraordinarily different. And all I can say is strap in.
0: Okay, so they played this as though this was Steve Bannon calling for people to attack the Capitol building. First of all, good luck with that. Second of all, Steve Bannon talks about this like with everything, every single thing. I was on phone calls with Steve Bannon when I was a Breitbart editor at large. I was on phone calls with Steve Bannon like three times a day for two years. There's not a single topic in which Steve Bannon does not talk like this. You could be talking about a report on agricultural grift in Iowa. And he'd be like, today's going to be the war. It's gonna be a war out there. You gotta, you gotta attack the narrative from all sides. You gotta flank it. This, this is how Bannon talks all the time, all the time. You gotta have covering fire. You gotta have, you gotta have attack vectors. You gotta have a big strategic grand plan. You gotta break it. You gotta smash it. This is how Bannon talks all the time. Like, I'll bet he talks this way in his personal life too. I'll bet like when he's, it's like dinner is over and it's time to clear the dishes. We gotta grab those dishes. We gotta smash it. We gotta, sma- we, gotta we gotta, plan of attack. We gotta, gotta bring all of our forces to a head. Bring those dishes to the kitchen, and then we got to scrub. We got to scrub those dishes. We got to scrub those dishes like it's World War II Battle of the Bulge. That's how we got to scrub. Like This is how Steve talks. And so what they're trying to do now is take people like Steve or Alex Jones. Like, oh, my God, Alex Jones is using violent rhetoric. He's never done that before. Probably it's because he knew that there was a plan. Or alternatively, Alex Jones talks like this all the time. Have you ever seen Alex Jones?
3: President Trump, in the early morning hours today tweeted that he wants the American people to march on Washington DC on January 6, 2021. He is now calling on we the people to take action and to show our numbers. We're going to only be saved by millions of Americans moving to Washington, occupying the entire area, if, if necessary, storming right into the Capitol. You know, there, we, we know the rules of engagement. If you have enough people, you can push down any kind of a fence or a wall. You better understand something, son. You better understand something. Red wave, red wave, this is gonna be a red wedding going down January 6th.
0: Well, if Salty Cracker from YouTube said it, and clearly Trump called him and told him to say it. If some weird guy from Infowars, and if, Alec, I mean, Alex Jones using extreme rhetoric, Like, that's your evidence? That's Again, if you're going to promise bombshells, provide the bombshells. The bombshells can't be stuff we already knew. One of the things we already knew is that every person you're showing in these tapes is kind of wild. Like, we knew that already. If you're going to demonstrate that Donald Trump is responsible for a vast web of conspiracy in which he attempted an armed overthrow of the United States government via a bunch of droogs attacking a Capitol building, being cleared within three hours, the only casualty being one of the people who is a member of the riot, then you're going to have to actually at some point connect those dots. But they never try to connect the dots. Because because again, that's not the goal. The goal is not to actually get Trump prosecuted, really. The goal is, is not really to demonstrate evidence. The goal is to suggest that the entire GOP can never be elected again, which is what you're hearing from people at the Washington Post, right? Like Greg Sargent and Paul Waldman, the hacks of the Washington Post. They talk about They they, they suggest, the title of the piece is dramatic moments from deprogrammed right-wingers indict the whole GOP, deprogrammed right-wingers. It's just like all of you. Everybody who listens to the show who happens to be conservative, you are a right-winger who's a member of a call. You have to be deprogrammed. They say, A full accounting must include the role of many mainstream Republicans in feeding the belief among countless Americans the election actually could be procedurally reversed. This no doubt helped fuel rage when Trump's procedural efforts failed, helping spark the violence. And then they talk about Josh Howley and Ted Cruz. And they suggest that the failure by mainstream Republicans was neatly captured by one other moment at Tuesday's hearing. The committee played a recording of Representative Debbie Lesko of Arizona telling GOP members on a January 5th call she was concerned about security the next day. Lesko said we have Trump supporters who actually believe we're going to overturn the election. When that doesn't happen, most likely will not happen. They're going to go nuts. And then Lesko voted to object to Biden's electors. Okay, that is a legal procedure. You may not like that. I didn't like those votes. I came out against those votes. I thought that you vote in favor of of the slate of electors because you have no reason not to, legally speaking. But that's not illegal, nor is it a riot. And if the whole game of the January 6th committee, for the Democrats at least, And I think Liz Cheney has her own motivations. But if the goal of the Democrats is to indict the whole GOP such that Republicans are not elected in 2022 and this is the best they've got, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen, especially because when it comes to which radical ideology is more represented by party, the radical ideology of, say, the people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th or a radical ideology that suggests that it's absolutely unthinkable brutality to say that men exist and women exist and only women can have babies or that America is not a systemically racist place, or that cops are generally good. If you're talking about which one of of those ideologies, you know, an ideology that rejects all of that as part of the Democratic Party, or the let's attack the Capitol building part of the Republican Party, which one is bigger and more threatening? I don't think there's much of a question there. And when inflation is running at 9% year on year, I think that is only going to add to the hurt the Democrats are about to feel come November. All we'll be back here a little bit later today with more content coming up soon as the Matt Wall Show airing at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Bradford Carrington. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Savannah Dominguez-Morris. Editor, Adam Saievicz. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup artist and wardrobe, Fabiola Cristina, Production coordinator, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on The Matt Wall Show,
3: the chasmic divide between the two sides in the culture war was put on full display during a Senate hearing in which a college professor claimed that men can get pregnant. Also, J.K. Rowling officially disavows me and breaks my heart in the process, I must say. She says that uh, I'm really no different than a trans activist. But today we'll talk about why that charge could more rightly be leveled at left-wing feminists like herself. And a disturbing video goes viral showing two very young children in the inner city assaulting two police officers. What hope do kids have when they're raised like that? Plus, John Bolton admits to planning coups in foreign countries while a remarkably incurious Jake Tapper sits and nods along. In our daily cancellation, Gavin Newsom signs a law that will open gun manufacturers up to lawsuits. There are all kinds of problems here that we'll discuss today and so much more
0: on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First... Let's say you were a stormtrooper and you are enjoying a nice meal of roasted Ewok in the Death Star mess hall. Well, all of a sudden, you hear the voice of Alec Guinness saying, use the force, Luke. The next thing you know, the entire place is going up in flames around you. And it's at this moment you really wished you had life insurance. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping right now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy and protect your family. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Luckily, Policy Genius Helps you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts? Well, they're on hand to help talk you through it. No added fees. Your personal information remains private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off that to-do list. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, God forbid, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Head on over to policygenius.com right now save time and money give your family a financial safety net with policy genius head on over to policygenius.com appearo or click that link in the description get your free life insurance quotes see how much you could save that's policygenius.com appearo